Hey friends, thank you for pressing play and tuning into Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson, and you're invited to join me every week for transparent storytelling about life, love, and business. Get ready to laugh, to feel inspired, and challenged to get out of your comfort zone. We are all adjusting to this world of perfection experts doing it for the gram, when in real life, we're just out here trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Hang on to our adult relationships, find the balance between side hustle and nine to five, and adjust to our new identities in marriage and parenthood. Each episode, I will help you see the growth and possibility in what's next. Are you in position for the next transition? Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Women in Transition with Tia Davidson. I am your host, and today I have a very special guest joining me by the name of Brianna Ross, who is a business coach that specializes in branding and marketing and has a passion for helping women build their businesses in ways that align with the life of their dreams. As a wife and a mom of two, Brianna understands firsthand how tough it can be juggling many roles, and she has made it her mission to help women find harmony in their business and personal lives. Brianna, please tell the people who you are as a woman in transition. Thank you so much, Tia. So I am a woman in transition because I feel like I've gone through a lot of transitions, even at such a young age during life, from becoming an entrepreneur to becoming a mom, trying to, you know, grow a business and even being at another level now where I'm expanding. And I realized that each time it requires a lot of like mindset and just willpower and confidence. And so I'm exercising those same things that I've learned over the years. But as we know, each transition is slightly different. So you have to kind of adjust and, you know, go with the flow too. Definitely. Pivoting is definitely a thing of our generation. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today, well, I want to share Brianna's story because if you're a millennial woman who has a business or you're thinking about starting a business and you're having trouble finding balance, maybe hearing a little bit of Brianna's story will help you and inspire you and motivate you that you can do it. Right. Well, this is my first time actually speaking with Brianna. So like the listeners, I'll be learning about Brianna and getting to know her as well. So I definitely want to kick this thing off by asking you to give us an overview of the evolution of Brianna and basically who you were, who you are today and what advice you give to your younger self. Ooh, that's good. So <laughs> just, I'm going to keep it short as possible because I can get a little long-winded. <laughs> hey, just, but... give us, just give us the good details, girl. <laughs> yes. So I actually started my business with the dream of just having more time and more freedom. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a mom of two. And when I started my business, I had one daughter. Um, she was one at the time. And six months after starting my business, I found out I was expecting another one. So that was a whole crazy thing. Now, I grew up, you know, a military brat moving around a lot. I even had work, you know, doing some independent contracting work. Um, And so I've always seen like different 
crazy, like different amazing ways of life and flexibility, you know, even being a military brat, you know, we moved around a lot, although like my dad's schedule was very set, we got to see so much. And I always just had dreams of growing up, being able to live a very free lifestyle. But as we know, starting jobs and trying to go to school and, you know, your own personal goals, starting a family and things like that, you start to kind of just get I guess, get in the hustle and bustle of things and lose track of the vision and what it is that you really desire. And so it was really having my oldest and, you know, just watching her grow that I was like, I want to be more present. You know, I had... I had her and I worked from home when I started my business, but I was working from home and she would go to my grandmother's for the day and I would work. And I was like, this is like, this is so hard. And my heart goes out to moms who do work full time because it's not easy, you know, for one, making ends meet, making the money, but also to be away from your children, knowing that you want to be there and be present. And so that inspired me to start my own business. I had been in contact with some entrepreneurs online. I don't even know how I got connected with them, but literally I started like this self like growth journey, I guess you could say back in um, 2016, it actually started with my weight loss journey and it blossomed and it just expanded my mind in so many ways. And I was like, I want to be a business owner. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have that flexibility and just be able to live life on my terms. And my husband's a truck driver. So his schedule is really flexible too. And he makes really good money. And I'm like, here I am, you know, the most I had made before starting my business was like $13 an hour. Mm -hmm. So that's nothing. We know that now that will do nothing for you, you know? So, so, you know, it just really inspired me to just, you know, go for it. And so over the past five years, I've been in business running my own consulting business, Hello Brianna Consulting. And I'm actually in the process of launching my own branding agency as an extension of Hello Brianna Consulting because we've expanded. Um, And it's just really done some amazing things for me. I'm so grateful for this journey because had you told me five years ago what I was going to be, what was going to be happening right now, I probably would have laughed at you. And, you know, not because I had lost track of those goals, but I didn't see it happening that soon. And when I started my business, I wasn't thinking about making six figures or anything like that. I just wanted more time to myself and to be able to be with my kids. And so entrepreneurship has paved the way for me in such a beautiful way. And I'm just grateful and I wouldn't change anything. Now, something I would teach my younger self, (laughs) well, something I would say to my younger self, I would let her know that it's okay to just feel and go with the flow Mm -hmm. and not to doubt herself. You know, a lot of the things that we desire, we don't go for it out of fear and fear will have you living in a way farthest away from your desires. And when you can just take fear, fear is never going to leave. You know, that's one thing I've learned. You're always going to have those feelings of fear in different areas of life, different transitions. And when you're reaching that new level, but you have, you can't allow fear to control you. Mm -hmm. And there's a book called big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. 
Okay. Um, it's called Big Magic Creative Living Beyond Fear. And she had this analogy of fear. And she said, oftentimes we allow fear to be the driver in our vehicle. But you have to say, fear, get out of the driver's seat. I'm putting you in the passenger seat right now. Better, And I honestly say, fear, I'm putting you in the back seat okay. because I don't even want you in my in my right ear, okay? <laughs> right, <ride> shotgun with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you can't allow fear to control you. Just let fear know, okay, I understand that you're going to be here. I have to work with you. We got to work together, but I'm no longer allowing you to control my life and the decisions that I make and how, how I want to live. Yes. Fear, false evidence appearing real. It's not mm, even real. I love that. Not even <laughs> real. So I definitely can relate to everything you just said. I think we, we got a sermon going on over here. <laughs> we could have uh, inspired somebody. If you didn't feel that, I don't know you know, what, what else to tell you? Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Thank um, you. So, so how long have you been married and how did you meet your husband? So me and my husband have been married. Lord, forgive me because I'm like, every time I, when people ask me this question, I get like scared because I'm like, we've been together nine years okay. and um, we actually will be celebrating eight years of marriage this summer in June. So we've been together for a little while. (laughs) Um, And we actually met when I was 19 years old. He had just turned 20. We were both working in the mall. I was working in sales at Radio Shack and his cousin owned the Cinnabon in the mall. So he worked for his cousin there. And I would go there for coffee. And at first it was another girl working. And then all of a sudden he was working morning shifts. And so the small talk started and then we started hanging out. And next thing you know, we were inseparable. I love that. So you guys started really young. So how did you know you were ready to be someone's wife? Honestly, I always knew, you know, like I always knew that I wanted to be a wife, a mom. And I, but I knew also that it was going to take a special kind of man. (laughs) And I, you know, this is, we're getting real in this episode because I remember before I met my husband, I was, I prayed a prayer and I was like, Lord, I'm over these men. I'm, and here I am 19 years old, not even understanding the power of my prayer, but I was so over them. I was over it. And I was like, Lord, the next man I meet needs to be the one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and it's just crazy like how I could pray such a powerful prayer at such a young age. And literally within a couple of months, I met my husband. We were just friends. We just hung out. Like it was never like that. And we became the best of friends and it just evolved and blossomed from there. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) I always um, imagine that's how you know, my love life would go. Cause you know, you watch movies like that, you know, people meet when they're young and then, you know, they start off as friends and then they get together and <laughs> that's just so great. Thank you. Thank I you. That. I love that. And here you are, you said eight years later. Yeah. We'll yeah. be celebrating eight years this summer. So that is it's, it's a dream come true. And, you know, one thing we all know, relationships aren't easy, but I feel like when you find that, when you become more confident in yourself Mm -hmm. and you can still have your own identity in your relationship, that allows the relationship to thrive even more because I did, we did start dating at when I was really young. And so being that young and I started to like wrap my identity up in my relationship a little bit, you know, and I started to lose track of things that I wanted. And 
I became so dependent on him and so clingy yes. and, you know, it was, it was weird, <laughs> yeah. really. but that's natural. We do that, you know, out of thinking that's how things should be, yes. you know, and just kind of just confusion. Like nobody even had this conversation yes. with us, but we're like thinking we're doing it right. When in yes. reality, when you are confident in who you are and you know what you can contribute to the relationship and you have a partner that embraces you being you and allows you to be your full authentic self and you allowing them to be their full authentic self also because that's another thing we want people to embrace us but we got to embrace other people too what do you think this um this knowledge of of how of what you're saying where did it come from what examples did you have about that because it's that's not something especially at 19 you know what I'm saying (laughs) like people grasp because you know I have a community called the millennial wives club and I started it because I too when I first started um when I first got married I lost myself in the role because Mm -hmm. that's how I saw my mom my mom was a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. you know she had been with my dad since junior high school all of that and she just gave her whole self the marriage to me and my brother Mm -hmm. and I didn't really see her do anything for herself. And so I know that that was my example. And so I know when I know as a millennial, I also, you know, struggle with, I know my word, you know, I'm still yeah, a yeah. you know, type of thing. And so I kind of, you know, pulled myself out of that and wanted to start a community where we promoted that and, and know that that's okay, because I, love that. I feel like people don't hear that part enough. Like you still a woman first, you still Brianna, I'm still Tia. We still like, you know, what we like to do as individual women. And that doesn't take away from our role as wife or our role as mom um so where did you get that from yeah so a kind of a few different areas so I had a beautiful example for my parents um you know growing up now my mom got pregnant with me really young um and she got married when she was in her mid-20s to my dad and they've been together since I was two years old and so really seeing their relationship grow and evolve and my dad was away a lot being in the military deployments and things like that. So my mom, she had to prioritize herself a little bit. And granted, we were always her top priority, but I always saw that she was still very, you know, independent and, you know, doing what she wanted. You know, we traveled a lot and we did things like my mom's like, yeah, your dad's on a mission or doing whatever. We're going to go to Greece for Christmas (laughs) (laughs) when I lived in Germany. And so, and even after, you know, when I graduated high school and, you know, she started to have more time for herself. And I saw how she grew and blossomed as a woman, even after finding herself, you know, later in life, you know, than I did. Right. But really seeing her growth and her, you know, what she represents, it really just inspired me. And also in my relationship, like I'm, I'll be honest, you know, we experienced some strains in our relationship because I feel like granted it takes two, but I started to realize that it was due to my insecurities Mm. and I had to face those insecurities. I can't nag at you about my insecurities and not be willing to work on them myself. And so that taught me a lot. And, you know, my grandmother, she was always my great grandmother. She passed um, four four years ago, actually next month. Um, Mm. But she was my rock. She was so my best friend, my everything. And she was always really real with me 
Yeah. And she would tell me she, you know, she would be, you know, just be real with me about relationships and stuff. She's like, you know, you got to stop nagging. You got to, And, you know, we're like, but I want this, but I want this. And, you know, we can become really selfish. And I say that there, like, I was a very selfish person. Like that was something I was even told when I was younger, like when I was a kid and stuff that I was selfish, like it was either my way or the highway. If you didn't get with it, I can't help you. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. But when you become married, it can't be that way anymore. And so that was, it was just a lot of, I had to do a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. I had to address a lot of things I had experienced and I had seen growing up and, you know, into adulthood. And mm-hmm. I had to realize that if I want my relationship to thrive and be everything I dreamed it would be, I have to become that version of myself that can create that relationship. That takes a lot of self-awareness. You you are look, I do a lot of thinking. <laughs> yes, no, I love that. You know, that's what um a lot of people run from. You know, they want to believe, you know, that it's all good, everything's perfect, you know, yep. with themselves and not really explore, you know, the part the parts that you know you don't want to even hear about, like the fact yep. that you like uh, yeah, I was selfish, like. And it took for my husband to start driving trucks, honestly, because we were together all the time. And so there was no self time other than work for that self-reflection. So when he started driving trucks, I like lost my mind. Like I had to drink wine at night to go to sleep. Like out your girl was hurting. Okay. But I started to enjoy that time because I started to find myself again outside of our relationship. And it was like, I needed that time to me, you know, and even with my daughter, you know, to bond with her and to even think about what I wanted to show her. Right. Because now that I have girls, I have a, I have a big example, you know, to set and I don't take that lightly. So yes, it's for me, but I also have two girls watching and I don't want them to grow up taking anyone's crap, but I also want them to grow up with self-awareness to know when they need to, you know, work on things and, you know, be able to create the life that they dream of. Yes. And as a girl mom, what would you say is the best part about raising your legacy because essentially they are your legacy yeah so honestly I think it's the spunk and personality that we all like that they have and they're both they they both are like different sides of me in a sense like (laughs) like my youngest she's the more reserved one she's the one who kind of just does her own thing but she's still very straightforward with her words she doesn't sugarcoat anything she's not gonna smile if she doesn't want to and she it's just what she feels right and then my oldest she's the more loving social butterfly she likes to perform like my youngest likes to dance and sing too but she's not the one to get up on the stage and do it whereas my oldest oldest would and it's like they're both sides of me but my youngest one she's that side that I would even be afraid to be because I felt like I had to be you know nice and always smiling outgoing and things like that but I'm like you know what baby that's you embrace that don't change that for anyone you know and same with my oldest you know be who you are like I feel like Yes, they have the attitudes already, but at the same time, I understand that they're going to be strong-willed women and they're not going to take crap from nobody and they're going to be able to speak up for themselves. And I think that's the most beautiful part about it is just, you know, being blessed with the opportunity to have my own, you know, children, my own people for a lack of better words and, you know, to be an example for them so that they can just 
make their wildest dreams come true. Like if I can make part of some of my dreams come true, I know that I'll set an example for you to take that and run so far with it that the sky, the sky isn't even the limit, you know? Yes. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Sounds like they are in great hands. Thank you. (laughs) Those are very important lessons, especially in today's time, you know, to teach our children. Um, so that sounds great. You sound like a very active parent, very active <laughs> wife. Um, how do you balance in life demands while taking care of everyone else's needs, including your own? Yeah, so that has honestly been something that I've been testing out and just like really actively thinking about over the past like year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly I stopped believing in balance really because, okay. So story time again, (laughs) Um, I was watching an interview with Jeff Bezos. I don't even know who was interviewing him, but he was saying that he doesn't believe in work-life balance because balance means that everything is in a state of equilibrium. And as we know, that's never really possible. Mm -hmm. So we actually are trying to achieve work-life harmony. Some days home takes priority, sometimes business takes priority, but we understand that there's a flow of things and at different times there will be different priorities and we go with the flow. And that's more what I aim for, you know, like I do have my day off, you know, where I try not to work and just that's solely dedicated to the girls. Um, I am working on like doing like a CEO day now where it's just like my day where I can do whatever I'm feeling. Um, But I think it's really just about understanding, not trying to force balance, you know, like you're going to feel constantly anxious because things are never even. And I'm OCD (laughs) about stuff like that. And I'm like, I get really anxious. So when I know, okay, I have a full days of work. It's okay. I won't get any personal time for myself that day, you know, or it may be minimal that day, but I can prepare myself because I plan. Um, That's a big thing for me is planning. Um, But even during my time, like my me time, I do a lot of self-reflection and I journal. And that honestly gives me a lot of my answers of how I want to move forward and what's, you know, what's the best way to do things. But I think balance, you know, Hey, some people balance means something different for other people, you know, Um, but for me, I really work towards work life harmony, where everything works together and it complements each other. I love that. Harmony (laughs) over balance. Yes. That's going to be my Like I was struggling. Okay. Like it was tough. Like I was working on vacation, taking five calls in a day, you know, just working myself in the ground because I love business. Like I love what I do and I lacked boundaries because I loved it so much, but because I lacked those boundaries, it put even more pressure on me to where I started to lose love for what I was doing. And so once I started to create those boundaries and to just have you know have certain ways of doing things it started to make my life a whole lot easier and I was able to be a lot more stress-free because I think that's the biggest thing is you know just feeling at peace yes feeling at peace I that sounds like my last year especially the piece you said about being overwhelmed and and losing the love you know for things that you you do love Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. because you're just so overwhelmed and you're trying to keep up like 
I can totally relate to that. That's, I feel like classic case of a woman in transition. (laughs) I'm telling you, and we have to be gentle with ourselves also, because especially when you're an overachiever and you're a perfectionist and you're so used to things going as planned, when things don't go as planned, that is one way to put us on 10, right? Yeah, we go into full freak out mode, but also like survival mode because it's like, whoa, things are not going as planned. Now I got to fix this and your mind just starts to scramble. But you have to extend yourself grace and be gentle with yourself. You know, we think about the love and the grace that we want. We extend to others. We have to do that to ourselves. You know, we have to be gentle with ourselves and to let us, you know, and to say, it's okay if you didn't get everything done. It can get done later. It's okay. Take a break. Stop working. If your body and your mind is telling you to stop working, stop working or take some time for yourself. You know, listen to that. You have to pay attention to how you're feeling. Definitely. So what advice can you give to the woman who is out there experiencing wife and mom guilt while building their business? Because you sound, it seems like you have a great balance to those things. And, (laughs) and, you know, a lot of people um, in my community, they feel a little guilty, you know what I'm saying? When they do have to dedicate their CEO day, or, you know, they're just like, yeah, today's about business, you know, because that would cause for you to neglect, you know, your other roles in a sense, but what is your advice to that woman? Yeah. So honestly, it's, it's going to pop up more often than never. I still experience mom guilt. I literally went to go tour co-working spaces this morning and I was like, oh my God, I haven't looked at the camera to check on my daughter, like my youngest, like yeah. that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I felt bad, you know? But it was like, Brianna, she's, my husband's like, she's fine, like relax. And I'm like, you know what, Brianna, relax. Like a lot of times <laughs> the mom and wife guilt is self-inflicted. It is self-inflicted um, because No one is honestly, and I can't say no one because everybody's life is different. And sometimes you're dealing with toxic environments and just, you know, unhealthy environments. And, you know, if you're dealing with that, I'm, my heart goes out to you. And I hope that, you know, you're able to get out of that situation, but I think it's really big on just taking a moment to extend yourself grace again and to just communicate with everyone, right? I think communication is a big key. Um, Communication is big for me in my personal life and my business. Like I swear by communication, you know? So even if I'm telling my husband, I'm, you know, I'll tell him, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm doing all this stuff or I'm working on the weekend or stuff. And he's like, you're fine. Like do what you got to do. And I'm like, okay, I feel fine. You know, because I communicated that and I see that he's fine. Right. And even with my daughters, I'm like, sorry, mommy's working all day, but I'm like, you guys, we got a new client. And they're like, okay. They're like, so what are we going to go do? And I'm like, look, no, chill. (laughs) New client, new money. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, just keeping that communication open, but also keeping that communication with yourself open too, because the same way you would communicate with others, you have to communicate with yourself. And so if you're feeling that mom, you know, that mom guilt or even that wife guilt, ask yourself why you feel that way, yes. you know? And most times the reasons, like I said, are self-inflicted and you can just, just try to brush it off. But also 
take them along for the journey with you, your family, if you can. Like my girls, they see me take client calls. They've been to dinners with clients with me. My husband has to, my husband, I have him recording at my speaking engagements sometimes, you know, different little things like that, but they get to be a part of the journey with me. And that gives them, I feel like that gives them even more of an understanding of what I do. And that even then builds that respect that they have for my business. And it allows them to be okay with me, you know, having to prioritize work sometimes. Yes. I love that making them a part of the journey with you. Mm-hmm. I love that. That that's yeah. that's so good. That's Thank great you. advice. For real. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah. So you kind of touched on your consulting company and why and how you were inspired and motivated it by your own life and you, you know, wanting to balance the two. So what have you learned through the process of starting your consulting company? Yeah, I've learned a lot. I could, pro- I probably need to write a book. That's a good <laughs> book idea. <laughs> yes. Yes. But um, I've learned that for one, mindset is everything. Um, you have to believe in yourself and you have to, you can't allow fear and doubt to set in as you're trying to start and grow. You've got to just start. To me, the hardest part is starting. Yes. And I think about it like a boulder, right? If you're trying to push a boulder. Mm-hmm. So when you're first trying to push it, you can't get it to move. It's so heavy. You putting in all that work, that sweat, just to get it rolling just a little inch, right? And, but as it starts going, it becomes a force to be reckoned with and you can't even stop it. And that is how I like to think about business and just starting, just start. It's going to be hard. It may not, it's not going to be easy. There may be, there's going to be tears. There may be some long nights. There's going to be stress, you know, and maybe even feeling overwhelmed, but just be open to learning because the more that you take away from the experience, the more you can say, okay, I did this. I don't like this. I don't like how this makes me feel so I can change this to make it work for me. And you can start to be more aware and more uh, and, you know, more intentional and to also just, you know, go for it. I think with consulting, a lot of us overthink what qualifies us Mm -hmm. to be a consultant. Um, And that was something that I had to work a lot on my mindset on. Like, I didn't even want to call myself a business coach for a long time because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I do branding, you know, I know branding and marketing, but like, am I really a business coach? But it was like, I help my clients so much with mindset, the strategies, the overview, helping them strategize. It was like, that's, I help with all areas of business. Right. And I had to give myself permission. I think that's a big thing. You have to give yourself permission. If you have work experience, which most of us do, Mm -hmm. you know, working in retail, hospitality, sales, marketing, all of these different areas, use that to your benefit to create a consulting business where you can get paid for your time. One thing my grandmother will always tell me is, Brianna, one day your mouth is going to make you some money. And, <laughs> and she said that because I talk too much. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I, you know, and for a while, I thought that my way of doing that was actually going to be through like singing and acting because that was something I was really passionate about when I was younger. But now I'm like, it's through speaking and coaching and helping women. I was like, you know, and to be able to get paid to do that, it was, it's a blessing because even when I started, I was like, oh my gosh, who's going to pay me for this? But literally in my first Mm -hmm. couple of months of starting, I had someone book me, you know? So you have to just start. There are people out there that will pay for your services. Don't let that get you hung up on who will pay how much. People will pay. People will pay top dollar, especially when you're clear on how you help your clients. A lot of people will focus on what they do, 
which that matters, but it's not just what you do, but it's how you do it. Mm -hmm. You as an individual is what has the power to truly set your brand apart from others. And a lot of times we don't want to be the face of our brands. We're scared to get on video. We're scared to create content. If you're trying to build a consulting business, especially at a small level, you know, as an individual, you're going to have to be the face of your brand because that is what's going to connect with people. That's what's going to resonate with people. And that's what's going to draw people in. And there's no one else like you. Like we all bring something unique to the table. There's room for all of us. And so you don't have to worry about what someone else is doing. You don't have to worry about what other people, how much money they're making or how successful their business is. Focus on your lane because you there's an opportunity for you and you just have to go after it yes I totally agree with this I um used to do my own consulting um on the side creative consulting and that was one of the things um that I found my clients they didn't want to be on camera you know they didn't want to they they had trouble organizing their thoughts you know especially as a creative you have a lot of things you you're good at a lot of things you want to do (laughs) and just like okay I want to I want to I want to make cakes I want to uh, write resumes. I want to, you know, everything under the sun. Everything under the sun. And I like, think that's you just yeah. need to hold it on in, focus <laughs> yes. a little bit. Kind of like back to what you're saying about mindset. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And in order to, you know, figure out what you focus on one thing at a time. I, I think I do. I always ask, like, what can you do? every day all day that makes you happy because like you you've been saying you cannot be motivated by money you cannot be discouraged by money either you have to really do whatever it is that you want to do and be actually passionate about it because when when you aren't getting the results that you want and that you expect to get it you just gonna quit it takes a toll on you and that's not to say that you won't think about it because lord knows i thought about it (laughs) but when you're taken back to and that's you mentioned a key thing your why why you're doing it you can't just be motivated by money or by what other people's success is Mm -hmm. why do you want to be successful why do you want to make this work when you have a clear why it fuels that passion so even when those days when you're down in the dumps and you're feeling like you're on the verge of giving up you're Mm -hmm. reminded of that why and that gives you the strength you need to get up and keep going yes definitely So what makes a branding and marketing expert? Because you've, that's what you refer to yourself as, (laughs) and we see it a lot on social media. So what makes someone a branding and marketing expert? And also what does it mean to scale your business? Yeah. So when it comes to being a branding and marketing expert, I'm going to be honest, it's however you feel you want to refer to yourself, right? Because that's just how it is. If you're not going to give yourself the right title, it can cause you to be looked over. Mm-hmm. Now, something is, is you also want to make sure you have a track record. So do you, how much do you, how well do you know your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Have you gotten your clients results? What are your clients saying about your business? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have that social proof out there to, so people can research your brand and see that, Hey, this is a reputable brand. This person knows what she's talking about. She's not just someone who's tooting her own horn, which mm-hmm. sometimes 
sometimes you have to do that in the beginning. I'm not saying don't do it. Look, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> but I really believe that what has made me a branding and marketing expert is my knowledge in sales and customer service and even tech before I started my business and using that to allow me to dive into branding and marketing in general as I started my business, because that was the main thing that I did for my business. And then I started getting design projects. I wasn't even a graphic designer. And people were like, who's doing your stuff? I was like, me. And they're like, can you do my stuff? I'm like, no. They're like, but you did yours. And I'm like, okay, I can do it. And that's how I became a graphic designer. (laughs) And so um, that taught me, you know, how I help my clients with graphic design, I realized that I was helping them with so much more than graphic design. I was helping them with brand development and brand identity and, you know, brand messaging and those things. And so after doing that for a couple of years, I decided that I was going to expand back into more of the coaching and consulting since I had built a six-figure brand, you know, Um, I had hit six figures, you know, I'm continuously scaling, you know, and growing my business. But after that, I was like, okay, I feel like I've done enough and I feel like I can teach others how to do the same thing. Right. And so I tested it out. You know, I had some clients go through a program and it it worked. So after handling like marketing and branding for clients, I decided that I was going to, you know, refer to myself as a business coach and help other women do the same. And it's worked out really well. So I think what makes you an expert goes into your experience um, and even how your clients refer to you, what people are saying about you. So doing a little bit of that social listening to see how people feel about your brand and what they think. And also that self-confidence to take that name and own it because you have to own it and you have to be confident. Yes. And what does it mean to scale your business? Yes. So scaling your business, this is something we hear a lot in the online space. Um, But in my opinion, scaling your business is really just about taking things to the next level, but in a way that allows you to have less time in your business, you know, spending less time in your business. And it's about expansion. So a lot of times I have clients that are ready to take things to the next level and they are either reaching capacity with clients, they are kind of like hit their income ceiling, you know, they're overworked, they feel like they're not getting paid the way they should. So maybe we need to expand, you know, reshape their offers Mm -hmm. and do some positioning um, shifting. But also if you are taking on a lot of work, but you can't handle it by yourself. So you need to expand. But I really feel like scaling is all about really just taking, climbing to that next level. You know, that looks different for everyone, but I really think scaling is about being a business owner saying, okay, these are the gaps in my business. This is how I'm going to approach this. And this is who I'm going to get to help me. And this is how we're going to get to that next level. Okay. I love it. Okay. Expanding. (laughs) Scaling is expanding. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of outsourcing too. Yes. Expanding (laughs) and climbing, like, because it's getting to new heights, of course. Um, but also doing it in a way that allows you to have more of that freedom that you desire, because a lot of us start businesses with the dreams of time and financial freedom, but we start building our businesses and that's the last thing we get. We don't get the time freedom that we wanted. And so, so we end up working ourselves, you know, overworking ourselves. And then we get to a point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is not going to work. How can I continue to get these results, continue to make this money, the same amount of money, if not more with working the same amount or even working less? Yeah. So what's the biggest challenge you're currently facing right now with your business and how are you tackling it? So 
it's funny because I actually just had a call with my team last night. Uh um, And I was very honest with them about me needing to really allow them to help me. Right. Because I'm that person. I'm very independent. I like to if I think something can be done in five minutes, I'll take that five minutes upon myself instead of just being like, hey, can you get this done for me? And I was starting to deplete myself a little bit. So I was I realized that, okay, you have team members, let them help. This is what they do and allow them to do what they're good at. And you can focus on the things that you want to focus on and operate more in your genius. And so I think for me, it's another mindset shift um, of allowing people to help more and not trying to be so strong-willed and independent, trying to do everything. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Um, (laughs) for sure, for sure. But also the mindset shift of feeling bad if I'm putting more work on people, because I think that's kind of like a morals and values thing. It's like, if they're working, so so should I, but it's like, everyone is doing what they want to do. So if they, if this is what you hired them to do and they want to do this, so allow them to do that. So those are the shifts that are happening right now is really just saying, okay, these are more of the areas that you guys are going to help with. This is how we're going to go about it and allowing me to have some more time to myself (laughs) because I realized, um, I had, you know, I, we were talking a lot about work-life balance, right? And so that was something that I felt like I found a really sweet spot with in the fall, but also during the fall, my client load wasn't as big. And during the winter, over the past couple of months, things have really picked up, which is a great thing, but I also got used to not having as many clients in the winter months. So now I'm having to go back and reevaluate things and restructure things so I can still have that ease and flow that I did before while still supporting this, you know, more clients. Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I know with consulting, you know, it's not all, it's not always like the perfect client who believes in themselves, who's ready to go and, and do the dang <laughs> thing and just do whatever it is that you, you're telling them they need to do. So how do you teach your clients to come back when they have self-doubt, fear, or imposter syndrome? Yeah, so imposter syndrome is real. I mean, it, I've dealt with it a lot and I didn't even realize there was a word for it until like a couple of years ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of us experience it without even realizing it. But when it comes to imposter syndrome, you have to realize that because of how you were raised, your environment, and just kind of things that you were exposed to, they shape how you view yourself. Yes. And even that confidence and imposter syndrome it really, it'll sneak up on you in a way that just makes you question everything. And what you have to do is you have to stay firm in who you are and realize that you're, you're, you're that. Okay. Like I'm not good. I won't curse, but <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you can't, like, it's, so, it's okay to like pop your shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like be, be bold about who you are. That's one thing that I've been saying for the past couple of years that I've kind of coined myself, but create your own lane and walk boldly in it. And that's what that's all about. And so when it comes to imposter syndrome, especially as a business owner, a coach or consultant, there's so much happening in the online space that you will experience imposter syndrome more now, I feel like than ever before, because there are so many people in the online space doing something similar. And so you have to remember who you are as an expert. Remember the things that make you unique. Remember, there's no one else out there like you. There's no one that can do it like you. I don't care how many business coaches, graphic designers, fitness trainers, 
designers, um, copywriters, or, you know, whatever your business is, you know, making shirts, you know, having a cosmetic line, a boutique, whatever, there's no one that can do it like you. So when you're clear on what you bring to the table and what makes you different, it allows you to walk differently and more confidently because you're like, this is what I bring to the table. I know the value that I bring to the table. And also don't do things just because they're a trend. That's one of the easiest ways to get caught up in the mix and feel like a fraud because you're doing everything because other people are doing it. Mm-hmm. Get clear on how you want to grow your business, what success looks like for you and build your business in a way that aligns with that, despite what other people are doing. This isn't to say that you won't do things similar. This, you know, that, that may happen, but you can rest assured that you're doing it because it aligns with you versus because that's something that you see in the online space and stop overthinking. That's something I do. I am notorious for overthinking. Like I literally tell myself, Brianna, let it go. Like, stop thinking about it. Think about something else. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. (laughs) Because when you overthink, overthinking leads to us creating false scenarios and us like just diving into this pit of everything that could possibly happen or everything that's going on and why it's happening. And it's just like, just stop. Just stop. Align again, go back to what you desire in your life and align with that. Visualize what you want. Express gratitude for how far you've come now, because that's something else we don't do enough is really taking a moment to celebrate ourselves. Celebrate you. Think about how far you've come over the past six months or 12 months. And no, it may not. Maybe you want to be far. I know me. I'm an overachiever. So I thought I was going to be a little bit farther, you know, by now. I'm not I'm I'm not afraid to admit that. But I have so much gratitude for where I am now because thinking about where I was a year ago and even two, three, four years ago, your girl has come a long way and I can't even deny that growth. And so sometimes you have to, and that's why I love journaling because journaling really forces you to sit down and reflect. And when you can go back and read journal entries from two years ago or three years ago, like I start crying every single time because I didn't realize how much I had actually grown. And sometimes we miss out on the beauty of the journey and you have to just take time to express that gratitude because you are right where you're supposed to be. I know it may not be where you want to be. I know you may want to be doing something different or something more, but right here, right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. And the more you express gratitude for that, the more you make room to receive more of what you want instead of focusing on what it is that you don't want Woo! that girl that's a word right there don't hype me up girl that's a a word that's a great way to go into the break we're gonna take a break really quick and we're gonna come back for brianna's last gym Are you ready to learn how to do your makeup like a pro? Well, my name is Z and I want to invite you to join the Better Than YouTube makeup class community. It's better than YouTube because you're going to get the details and makeup secrets you've been missing to help you master your brows, blend that eyeshadow, and snatch your face with that highlighting and contouring. So head on over to betterthanyt.com to grab your free makeup starter kit today. That's betterthanyt.com. Dot com and I am so excited to teach you. All right, guys, we are back for our last gem from Brianna. She's been dropping gems the whole episode. Brianna, it has been such a pleasure getting to know you. I 
already see so much value in this episode and I hope that the listeners do too. But what is the most important message you think it's important for women to hear more of today? Yes. So first, thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely amazing. Um, But one message I think that women should hear more is it's okay to prioritize yourself no matter what season you're in. Um, When you take care of yourself, when you pour into you, when you invest time in getting where you want to be, it allows you to show up as your best self to the people around you that you love the most. Um, You know, I think about how overwhelming it can be to have little ones in tow and to have a relationship. And, you know, some of my clients have been caregivers and, you know, had so many different roles. And I think it's important to just prioritize you, even if it's a few minutes in the morning before the kids wake up or a few minutes at night after the kids go to sleep, or if it's in the middle of the day, whatever works for you, just make sure that you have some time for you so that you can really pour into yourself and don't be afraid to read a book on self-help. Okay. Because I know a lot of us, I think self-help is becoming more popular now, um, you know, in self-growth. I think that's absolutely amazing that we are now feeling more comfortable, you know, investing in our personal growth, but don't be afraid to pick up some books on manifesting the law of attraction. Look, I'm all about that because I could tell some stories about manifesting and the power of having faith. Okay. So don't, don't overlook that, right? Because you have to grow as an individual and self-care isn't just going to the spa, getting a pedicure, you know, sometimes it's sleeping in, sometimes it's reading a little bit, but make sure that you pour into you so that again, you can show up as your best self to the people around you. When I started to make more time for me and to even get clear on what I wanted, because I've been a mom, you know, for the past six years. Yes. My daughter's six now and technically seven because I was pregnant, you know? Um, but in that time, you know, I kind of lost track of what I wanted. And so now that I've been able to get clear on what I want, I feel more passion and drive to just do better for everyone. You know, I feel like I have more meaning and I feel like my family has benefited a lot from that. So don't be afraid to prioritize you and, Create the life that you want to live. That's what it's all about. And if you continue to invest in you, you will get to where you want to be. I don't know how long it'll take. I know the journey won't be easy, but I can guarantee you that you will get to where you want to be. Most definitely. Oh my God. (laughs) That is a wrap. Thank you again, Brianna, for showing up and showing out. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Well, all right, friends. That's all I got. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes and submission of questions, please visit www.accordingtotia.com. But before you do that, can you do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast? And while you're there, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate your feedback and your support. And if you're not already following me at According to Tia or at the Millennial Wives Club, you are missing out. I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Step out of a comfort zone, I'm not afraid. See, I don't want to block what God has for me. Watching what I feed my mind, good energy. Good energy. And I let go the people that's no good for me. See, I'm full.